This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. We are back in the studio. It's a, uh, it's it's short staffed in here. Uh, myself, Kurt Geyer, Doug Schmidt, the mustache, Austin Chandler, the, the Lord, Lord, the Lord. Lord. <laughs> uh, Eric is working, I think. Overtime, overtime. He's getting them uh, drag race parts out. Eric has a pretty cool like probably. daily gig. Yeah, he does. He's works, pretty cool. He like works at it's not a race car parts company. I think it's fairly accurate. Yep. Uh, Motion Race Works. If anybody's into cars, that's where Eric works. So send them hate mail about Eric. Um, <laughs> yeah, come home. See the welds are. <laughs> yeah, these welds are terrible. Don't actually do that. But uh, Eric is a kick-ass welder. Uh, the podcast. Uh, we're here. It is time of recording. We're mid-December. Times are getting tough in the deer woods. If you haven't filled the tag, but depending on what you got, they're getting better as yep. the days go by. There's um, still hope. There's late muzzleloader just started today for Iowa. So. Ooh. Getting the old smoke pull out. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Well, I wish you the best of luck, sir. Thank you. How are you, you feeling? What are you shooting, Doug? What are you, what are you rocking? Um, I vary between a CVA Acura 2 or the Bone Collector Edition Triumph. Nice. You're rich. Damn. Well, you know, and then I got it, well, I got one at one at a banquet, too, but I never used it. Really? Yeah. I didn't know what it's called. It's old. I don't know. It doesn't seem as good. So. And you've never, ever used it? Never used it. Huh. Remember when Jim Shockey, like back in the day, he was like a night muzzleloader guy? Remember that? Yeah, and then wasn't it like Thompson Center? Thompson Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was all about time. Thompson but Center. I always remember night muzzleloaders. Yep. That was like... Night dude. was my first one that I had. Was it, Are they yeah. still around? They gotta be, right? I'm sure they are. Yeah, Farm King had a whole combo. You get like your whole muzzleloader package with the patches and bullets and everything, and it was like 130 bucks. All on this like, big like plastic. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it was. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, shit, how can you go wrong with that? 130 bucks. <laughs> Jim Shockey's got one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that he probably sold a lot of muzzleloaders. Oh, I bet. Back in the day. That's, that's how I knew Night Muzzlers, watching Jim Shockey and stuff. Dude, we're asking if they're still around. There's probably people listening like, yeah, they're still around, you numb nuts. <laughs> you idiots. It's just not really our like, wheelhouse. It's cool, but it's yeah. not, not our deal. Yep. This isn't the 
working class muzzleloader hunter. <laughs> well, maybe if they shoot a buck, it will be <laughs> be a decent spinoff. <laughs> kind of cool, you know. Uh, but no, man, it's crazy. I'm 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 sorry, but I'm really looking forward to shed hunting at this point. Oh yeah, um, seeing some deer dropping already. That's not okay. My brother is concerning. My brother's been watching a big deer up on our farm. He's old. He's not scoring much, but he's already dropped one side. God. Yeah, his stepson missed him the other day with the crossbow, and uh, and then like two days later, he's missing a side. So he's off the hit list now. Wow, he's safe. Safe. Man. Good for the buck. Yeah, he's like thirteen. I really hope that doesn't happen. To the me. buck is. Yeah, he's old. Really? <laughs> yeah. Does that make you want to get out there and like start looking early? I mean, you're boogering more. Not, not really. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, if you can glass one from a food source, if you're sitting up in a ground blind and run out and snag it, but other than that, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't mess with it. Yeah, I won't go out for a while, but it's, uh, it's exciting. But yeah, if I saw a buck tag, I'd be like, no, don't, 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 don't say that. We yeah. Don't need to hear that. Yep. You know, but that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> We'll see. Uh, let's get through some business here. The podcast uh, presented by HHA Sports. We still have not picked a winner as of recording for our giveaway. We're giving away an HHA Tetra, a Scent Crusher gear bag, and a working class swag pack if you subscribe to our YouTube. So do that and show us that you subscribe, and we'll put you in the pot. Uh, but HHA has been great. Um, I love everything. The dropaway rest and the oh, sites yeah. and the, have been absolutely killer. Um, and Perfect. it's nice, you know, if you invest in something like that, when you, if your guy switches bows every one to three years, you don't have to change your accessories cause it's still good. It's still backed by a lifetime warranty and it, they look good too. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to have a new bow with this outdated, like accessories. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? I know Wayne Cox is a fan of the old HHA after last night. Yeah. He slammed a giant. He, he went from a multi pin to a single pin this year and uh, nailed a 48 yard long bomb on a monster last night with That's the awesome. HHA mid one sixties, late season whitetail monster. That's a killer. Yep. Good for him, dude. That talk about a guy sticking it out for sure. But to get him in to do a podcast on that, like late season motivation type deal or something. Yep. Uh, but scent crusher, that can also play in uh, once you get into late season. Whitetails don't tolerate much right now. No. Um, you know, I think the later it goes, the more people kind of say it's fine. And we've talked about that saying it's fine. We'll kick your own ass over that um, yeah. more than you think. You know, you're not getting away with the same wins and stuff you're going to get away with early season because deer just don't mess with it as much right now. Their tolerance is way down. And maybe scent crusher, not saying it's all – a cure-all but it might be the little edge that you have and hunting a wind that might be a little sketchier or whatever yep, it may might be. hold them there that extra five seconds that it takes exactly so that's a, i think people and i don't know we're not like there's a lot of salesy type tv people which whatever it's how they do their thing but i think when someone sees someone sponsored by like a scent elimination company that like that's the only thing for like the old uh scent lock commercials like forget the wind just hunt like well, okay, don't be silly. Like we understand how this works. Here. Like we're not we're not saying it's a cure all. Nor nor would we ever say that. Yeah, that's just cocky. But it helps. Um, it can't hurt. It doesn't hurt. No, it doesn't that's hurt for sure. But I enjoy it, man. That and just the transportation of your hunting gear. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah. Things in one bag. Yeah, I love it. Um, also, loophole optics, uh, thermoseat. Man, thermoseats are going to play in big right now, uh, especially when it gets shittier and colder. Uh, Victory archery. Uh, we're, are you shooting? You're shooting the traditional ones. Yeah, I shoot uh, rip TKOs out of my compound, and then I shoot uh, I shoot the uh, carbon trad 450s out of my longbow. I'm still rip PKO. I like that arrow a lot. Yeah, how, how you can go wrong? With that? I wanted like I want to try a different one, but I like it that I like it so much. I don't want to change. You yeah. know, fly great, hit hard. What more do you need? Yeah, I've never had, it, and I've killed a lot of animals with them over the past. 
shit, I think I've been shooting that arrow for four years now. Yeah, you've been shooting for a long time. And I don't, I've never cussed that arrow. You know what I mean? I've never yeah. been like, fuck, it's my arrow or arrow fucking snapped. You know, I've never cussed them. I've never yep. had to. So it, I've almost forgot about arrow frustration or, you know what I mean? I feel like that's something that yeah. people go through yeah. when they're trying to find what they like. That's one variable we don't have to worry about messing with. It just kind of stays the same every year. Yeah. Yep. It's nice. One less thing to mess with. Um, also Gator Outdoors. Man, the Gator team has been killing it, but they're a lifestyle brand uh, outfitting the working class out of Bellevue, Iowa. So Midwestern company, um, just a growing small business that's doing it right in the outdoors, getting kids involved, getting family involved. And uh, they have some killer killer social pages. Gator Outdoors, yeah. check them out. Code WCB10 off everything, GatorOutdoors.com. Big time. I'll tell you. I've ranted about this a little bit, but I I swear Big Time has changed. Like the lease that I hunt has changed that property. Sure, it has. It is. We have gone from seeing like no deer to having a shit ton of deer on the plots, which is just it's crazy yeah, to see. It's good to hear. I think it's a property that's bouncing back from EHD. Um, that's an assumption. My dad found a lot of dead smaller bucks and does and stuff our first year out there, and we're just now seeing like the numbers are. I feel like they're bouncing back and they're hitting our property like. We have a, a buck brunch plot. My dad sent me a picture. There's a pretty decent buck out the other night, but it might, with it being a little, it was a 45 yard shot. He could have shot it, but he passed because late season they're wiry and just yep. a lot can yeah. happen right now. Um, but he sent me the picture, and in the picture, the plot is like half big time, but half mud because they've like trampled it oh, really? down so yeah. bad. It's it looks like a cattle pasture, like a bright green cattle pasture in the middle of this like CRP patch that we planted it in. And you can just tell it's from deer traffic tromping in and out of that plot. That's got to be a good feeling to see. <laughs> it's impressive, man. Yeah. It's and it's not a big plot either. So, like, man, we should have went bigger because they're going to have that thing ate up. But yep, that's how you can judge the size of your plot when you get into February and they're they're still holding antlers. You're like, man, I want to keep holding them here, but then you run out of food and they kind of leave. So yeah. that kind of determines the size of my my big holding plots. Yeah, so. we got two two big time plots. One we call the south plot. One we call the north plot, which is where my dad was at. And uh, I'll tell you, I have a I got one of them selling cameras that hooks to any camera, and it's full. If my December, it's what is it? The I don't know what the day is. Twenty first. Twenty first. But I'm full on data usage. Yep. And I have like the top plan with without being unlimited. So they're using it. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, and also Old Barn Taxidermy. Everything. Every other partner builds in to being at Old Barn Taxidermy, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's makes like, you successful to get to there. It's the sponsorship cycle. <laughs> You know what I mean? And it's all good people. So Old Barn Taxidermy, um, my opinion, they run one of the most efficient operations out there in the taxidermy game. And it's not like they're trying to take business from other taxidermists. Your taxidermist, wherever you're at, might already use Old Barn for their tannery services. Yep. So mm-hmm. um, he's not only is he kind of paving a new way in the taxidermy game, as far as I see it, he's also helping the little man be more efficient and getting his hands tied – that in hands tied, hides tanned. There you go. See what I did? Bush heavy, huh? That's what we're drinking. We're running on diesel tonight. <laughs> diesel tonight. Hey. Numero uno. Yeah, I had one. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, hands tied. Old barn taxidermy. <laughs> Bring on down the, the tire hands. Uh, no, check them out. Old barn taxidermy, Fort Madison, Iowa. They have a location in Colorado, but I wasn't prepared enough to know where that one is. But good people all around. Uh, don't they have one up by Chicago as well? Uh, they have a drop-off location. Drop-off, okay. Yep, up near Rockford. And they do meat processing now, too, and it's delicious. It's stellar. Oh, yeah. Stellar. you got to try them them sticks. Yeah, still Gee. waiting. Still yeah. waiting. Yeah, well, Sorry, I didn't bring any. <laughs> Oops. 
Uh, thanks to our partners, Kick Ass. Thanks for sitting through our ads. Um, appreciate you if you listen to them. And you know, you got to think we're just a bunch of dumb redneck working class people that cuss and drink beer on a podcast. So if companies like that are supporting us, they're really for the people, in my opinion, and they're not for this whole fluffed up bullshit stuff. I mean, maybe they work with people like that, but they really get it, in my opinion. So. Big shout out to them, but uh, yeah, the best. We got to get our PA boy on here, and we have a veteran shout out, and, and this will be, I imagine, a fun bullshit podcast and storytelling. So, thanks for being here. We appreciate your support, and we hope you enjoy the podcast. All right, on the podcast, we have our Eastern hunting friends are back: um, Timothy Stancliffe or Tim Neal or Neil. What's up, dude? Hey, how you guys doing? We're good, man. Glad to find you having a – wow, I can't yeah. talk tonight, dude. Glad to finally have you on a podcast. Hit me another one of them beers, will you? Right, the right. old bush diesel. <laughs> Golly. I don't know if it's because I'm not operating on enough or – You're just not used to it. Your system's used to, like, bush light. It's like uh, running conventional oil in a truck forever, and then you put synthetic in it. It's the same concept. You runs a little rutted running through. Now you got that diesel coming yeah. in. Sorry, Neil. No, you're good. I'm happy to be here. So you're out in PA. Yeah, tell yeah, us North, about that. Northwestern PA, right on the lake, uh, up in Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, it's a it's a nice place a nice place to grow up. Um, hop, skip, and jump away from New York or Ohio, and uh, yeah, it was a it's a great place to be. It really is. So, did but, you grow up hunting out there like your whole life, or is it something you got into a little later? Um, it's uh, yeah, I grew up hunting my my entire life my my dad got me into hunting um but my dad didn't deer hunt my dad didn't give a shit about killing the deer um it was it was all about either squirrel or pheasant or grouse um and uh yeah he kind of realized that i was chomping at the bit to get in the woods and get my hands on a on some deer and so we picked up a 243 and started heading to the woods and he noticed I started killing deer pretty well, and he's like, "Oh, geez, all right. Well, I guess we'll roll with this." So, That's so yeah, cool. it, I didn't start out deer hunting. I killed my first deer when I was uh, sixteen. Yeah, but that's pretty early on, so, I think, yeah, for the most yeah, part. You know, really, it's, it's kind of cool. Like yeah. you had a knack for deer, and your dad saw that, and that's kind of like his op- eye-opening, I guess, deal to it. Which normally it's the other way around, you know. Yeah, did he like yeah. uh, learn with you then? Um. Yeah, I I think I killed. Uh, I think I killed five deer before my dad got one. And honestly, I would trade all those five deer into hearing that 20 gauge slug gun go off and running over and seeing that he, uh, he shot his doe at like eight yards <laughs> with a 20 gauge slug gun. He just blew her away. And that was, that was the best. That was the absolute best. Um, yeah, my dad ended up, uh, passing away in 2011. Um, but that's really where my, archery game you know came into full swing is about that time oh really so, was it just like trying to find something different or like a new challenge kind yeah, of in I a don't new know. chapter I, I, was, I guess i was kind of in a, a weird place um a friend of mine brent hayes uh he's a good old boy he's from mississippi um he gave me a bow when i was i think 17 years old uh he knew that I was into deer hunting and uh, he thought, you know, maybe this kid would uh, get into bow hunting. So he gave me this bow. It was a PSC. It was a Deer Pro 1 uh, PSC. Classic. It nice. sounds 
Oh, it sounded like a trampoline when you chewed. <laughs> but uh, it was so loud. The double bounce. Um, <laughs> had, the back, had the backfall of a trampoline, too. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that. For, I'm writing that down. Sounded like a trampoline. <laughs> oh, it just, I mean, when, when, when one that of, thing went off. When one of the springs breaks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? Um, but, yeah, he gave me that and it had an old pendulum sight on it. Oh, nice. And, uh, yeah, I started shooting then. I started getting pretty good. And uh, wasn't shooting out to any crazy range. Out to, you know, 25 yards was my max. And um, so, yeah, 2011, my dad passes away. And, Sorry to hear uh, that, by the way. Yeah, it was just, you know, it was one of those things. Cancer's a fucking dick. And uh, so I uh, I got into archery hunting. Kind of found myself at loose ends. So I just started going into the woods, uh, just trying to, you know, figure out what I was going to do and how to cope with everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, my first sit in the woods with that bow, I had a, a doe walk out. And uh, I was like, holy shit. Like this, this is going to happen right now. So I didn't have a tree stand or anything. I was just sitting on the ground in the area that I knew they walked through and put my shoulder up against the tree because I'm like, I can't shoot sitting down. Kind of nudged myself up and shoot came in for like 15 yards, pulled back and I ended up spining her. Actually, it was a it was a terrible fucking shot. I was so nervous, <laughs> uh, but it made for an easy track job. And uh, yeah, that was a uh, that's where it all took off. And then. Ever since then, I was just like, oh, man, I want to do that again. Yeah, that's cool, man. It makes you feel like you're on the right path when you have something like that happen. Yeah. Your father passes away, and then you pick it up and go out and have success right out, right out of the gate. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and a week later, I actually, a week later after that, I was working a construction job. And um, it was out in farm country down in a little area called Sagertown. And uh, this old farmer, super nice guy. Um I had to take a leak while we we're on the job. So I went behind his barn and I noticed there were all these deer tracks and, uh, there's this one print. It was just huge. And so I went up to him and started talking to him and asked him for permission to hunt there. He goes, yeah, sure. You know, he's an old Korea war vet. He goes, I don't care. You can kill all the deer you want back there. He goes, how about it? <laughs> and, uh, so I think I hung a stand Saturday and that next Monday I got up in it and, uh, I shot my my biggest buck. It was an eight point, and uh, that was just that was awesome. That was like a week after I sh- I just killed my first deer with a bow. No kidding. So I yeah I tagged out within like a week and a half. It's your calling, dude. Yeah. Very very cool. <laughs> yes, that's awesome, man. Then, yeah, it was uh it was uh it was really something. I uh I did not expect things to go down like that, but I I still remember calling up my mom and. I'm crying and I'm shaking. Like, I'm just, I can't believe it just happened. Like, I've never had that kind of an experience before. And she thinks I fell out of a tree or something. Like that. She, <laughs> yeah. thinks, she thinks I'm, you know, hung up somewhere. Right. And uh, I was like, oh my God, he's down, he's down, he's dead. And so it was, it was, <laughs> it was really special. It was cool. Very That's cool. cool. So, do you feel. I don't know where else you've hunted. Um, do you feel that the Pennsylvania hunting culture is more powerful than anywhere else? Um, the hunting culture, uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've got friends from other States and, uh, um, it's not the same in other States. It's not the same in New York. It's not the same in Ohio. Um, it is a, uh, 
like we used to get off first day of rifle for like school and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, like the state would shut down for that first Monday. And, uh, I mean, it is deer season 100% through and through the orange army. Like people joke around in other States, like, Oh, you know, the orange army is coming out strong. You have no idea. <laughs> you have no clue. Cause shots go, shots go off like crickets in a field on first day of rifle no back in the day. Well, the reason why, and I don't want everyone that listens from PA to think that I'm trying to just like bury that into the ground, but we just had Rachel on the podcast, um, and she's from Pennsylvania. And yep. we, yeah, she's just like a half an hour away from me. Oh, no kidding. Very cool. Did you, yeah. so we forgot to mention you're on team working class with Rachel. Do you, have you guys ever met before the team? We, no, we were, we were supposed to meet over the summer and, uh, I, uh, I was on baby duty at the time and uh, just couldn't make it happen. But yeah, she just lives uh, like half an hour from me. Oh, no kidding. That's crazy how small world it is. But yeah. you know, we talked a little bit about PA with her and, and kind of her outlook on it and everything. But from our perspective in Illinois, like um, our PA listeners are some of the most like hardcore, um, some of the most interactive. And it just seems in general, when you look on the internet and, you know, forums or whatever that, the culture out there is just strong. And yeah, you guys like to deer hunt. Yeah, yeah. and I don't oh, know yeah. if it's just yeah. there's more hunters there than anywhere else or if it's kind of – I don't know what it is, and that's kind of what I'm prying at a well, little bit. No, yeah, yeah. I um, I know what you're saying. I, I think it is. Pennsylvania has more hunters than any other state, and uh, like even more than Texas. I'm pretty sure – don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure I read that. Um it is like deer season is life around here. Like it goes behind anything you could ever imagine. It's uh like growing up in a hunting family, uh, you get that first day of deer season off and then you go out with all your buddies. And I know you guys like to harp on deer drives and stuff. And um, it's a, uh, it's not as bad as you guys think it really isn't. Um, but uh, I know it's it's different for you, Illinois and Iowa boys. But, uh, right, right. Do you yeah, think? Yeah. Let me ask you this because I, I I don't know if you've ever hunted Illinois or Iowa. Do you I th- haven't, no. do you think that Pennsylvania hunting culture is more powerful than Midwest whitetail hunting culture? There's no right or wrong answer um, to this. I just want your perspective. I know if you took a bunch of guys from Pennsylvania and put them out in Iowa, you guys would have a lot less 120s and 130s <laughs> deer running around. Where, where you guys are passing up 120s and 130s, we're shooting those fuckers. Like, yeah, well, different areas, right? So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I wouldn't say we're more hardcore. I think uh, hunting culture across the, across the nation, you know, it's a, it's a special bond, you know. Yeah, that's a great the, answer. Uh, yeah, the guys that, you know, you know what you have to put into to get onto a certain buck or, you know, reach a certain goal. And I think you can take that and apply it to anywhere um, across the United States. Now, mm-hmm. your challenges are going to be different, but I think the mindset, um, if you want it bad enough, you're going to have to try just as hard. And, yeah. Uh, I, think, I think everyone's on the same page there. That's an awesome answer, so. man. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I, I just well love said. I love the thought of to me just like the it's interesting interesting to break down like the culture of hunting in different states and perspectives in different areas like 
Michigan's a state that fascinates me and mindset and, and, oh, yeah. and personality yeah, of a hunter. Same thing, you know, PA, what we're getting into. Um, Wisconsin. Wisconsin's kind of got the same I feel vibe. like I feel like if you're not a hunter up there, you're kind of like – you're an oddball whereas <laughs> yeah. back here it's like oh you're a hunter that's kind of cool you kind of stand down a little bit i feel that way too area. here i i i feel do you feel that way doug i do Cause even because like, you have your uncles and stuff hunt and i do i have yeah, uncles hunt my whole too, family but mostly does but you know like you go to a bar or something there's really not that many hunters you run into yeah like there is but there's not and then there's yeah. different levels right you have your the weekend guys that just want to get together and get drunk during gun season and then you have all the That's way the to, worst. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and Man. they're not bad people. It's just their, no. their lack of effort and like lack of ethic and respect for the animal is not there yeah. as much as ours because we have more put into it. Yeah, we just yeah. have different goals in the end. I mean, that's, different yeah. goals. That's what it is. Different goals, but I also feel like, all right, example here is this was an Illinois deer hunter forum. It might have even been a Quad City deer hunting forum, which was like, and I say forum like a Facebook group. Quad Cities is our area, like cities yeah. and surrounding areas. So there's some Quad City hunters groups on Facebook. And I'm in like, I don't know, there's probably half a dozen of them. Someone was like talking about shoot. Oh, yeah, I had to, I hit it in the hip. So then I had to take a headshot. And then I like, I go to the guy's Facebook profile. I'm like, yeah, you did. You know, like. <laughs> you look like a head shooter. Yeah, you look like a dude who shoot a deer in the head and then post about it on Facebook. Like, yeah. come on, man. You know, it's this different group, but. Anyway, I like that like cultural breakdown of hunters because different deer genetics, different deer numbers, different part of the country. Um, but you're, I think you're right. For the most part, we're all the same people. It's just there's these small differences. Yeah. But It'd be interesting to like go experience each different group. Like I want to go to the PA show if PA. it ever happens again. We get some more time. I want to come out there and hang out. That'd with you be guys. a riot, man. We'd be dead time we got done with that one. That's like a. What is that, like a 10-day show? Nine or 10 days, Jeez isn't it? Louise. Yeah, it's a long one. It is Man. long. We'll do it here. I'm hoping. Well, whenever they open up again. I I, it's already canceled for this year, but 2022, shocker. I'm hoping we're out there. Yeah, shocker. <laughs> so, but we'll be out there hanging out. you have to come work the booth with us, man. Absolutely. I'd love to. Um, yeah, if you guys ever come out to PA and want to go deer hunting, don't, uh, don't go looking for any 180s. But <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll have a good time no matter what. Yeah, pass up a 150. You did what? <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> I would like to hunt it, and we get a lot of offers to hunt um, some eastern whitetail states. Actually, a lot of whitetail states, and we're super grateful that people offer. But you know, like we live in Iowa, Illinois. Um, so don't, don't don't leave deer to come find smaller deer. Well, that's like, exactly it. it you don't, know, don't do it. Well, there's the whole, like, in here, we get hit up from listeners like, hey, you guys should do a public land challenge. And I'm like, yeah, that's all cool. Like, we could all go to public land and do a challenge against each other on the podcast and whatnot or challenge a different podcast or whatever. But I'm also like, I don't do this for a living. Like, you know, I don't get to bounce around and just chase deer around 20,000 acres every state that I go to yeah. until I finally kill one. I don't have the vacation no. time to be. Yeah, I got two weeks, no. son. I'm trying to kill the buck I want to kill, yeah. not some scrub just to get video footage <laughs> for YouTube. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, if you want to watch like hunting public, go watch hunting public. Shout out to but, those guys though. For real though. Oh, Cause they do oh, get yeah. it done. That's very cool. What they're I doing. I love those guys. They're huge, <laughs> those, man. Oh my gosh. They're so smart. 
They're so smart. Oh, they are. And, and by the way, I don't want anybody – like what I just said sounds like it was a dig at them. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't meant to be condescending. Yeah, because I do think no. what those guys do is good, but they're doing it for a living. They have a little more time. They're also going to states like PA and Michigan and other states where yep. some the bucks they're killing are really good bucks. I don't want to leave Illinois when I could kill 170 to you, kill 115. Inch. Yeah, if we were all tagged out and had, had the time, I have the time, but you guys have to go work, so – uh yeah if we all had the time it'd be a fun context just yeah. jump in the jump in the trucks and head out and have a little competition for a week but. those would be great podcasts oh, I would yeah. love to, oh yeah imagine the shit talking just, just <laughs> motherfucking each other yeah. that would be cool i'd be all in it if we had the time but you know vacation is sweet and we do a western hunt a year and i haven't even been taking vacation lately for whitetails it's all been weekend dialing in type shit you know but yeah, but anyway, yeah. I mean, PA would be cool to experience that. Come out and and check it out. Yeah, it's a good time. You know, um, I definitely think you guys should get out of your comfort zone, though. If you do come up to PA, do a rifle hunt. Seriously, like uh, experience a Pennsylvania rifle hunt because it is a good time. And uh, you know, you, you get into like down in a uh, Tynes and Tidute area, get into the mountains. And uh, I say mountains; they're you know, 1500 feet at the tallest, mm-hmm. but, um, but it's, it's a good time, you know, it's, uh, it's different. And, uh, you get down to those little camps on off of the logging roads and, you know, you go out early in the morning, do your hunt, come back and eat some food and drink a pile of beer. And, you know, it's a blast. It really I, is a blast. That's, you know, that's kind of a good point. I, kind of flip flop our worlds upside down a little bit just to have the experience because yeah one it'd be cool to say we did that um but two i think for, from the podcast like media perspective would be really cool too i mean would you ever be in to do that doug yeah i've uh i hunted kentucky before with a rifle what the fuck you have yeah <laughs> well <Some, laughs> my uncle's neighbor said he had this amazing property it wasn't but we went down there and he's like yeah i got this nice trailer it was not a nice trailer i slept like on a mattress on the floor nice it was it was really sketchy but i shot a doe with a rifle really yeah how long ago was that that was like 2008 oh really would you ever do it chandler or uh i'd rather just take the bow out and try it i I mean if i'm gonna get on a state i I think that put me out of my comfort zone enough um i'm actually gonna be out kind of in your neck of the woods tim i'm I'm looking at kind of uh, northeast Ohio here in about a week, and uh, oh yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be close to where you're at, but same kind of deal. Sure. I've never never hunted over bait, and going to take the longbow out there, I think. And mm-hmm. uh, got a a listener out there that's been generous enough to invite me out to his place, so maybe it'll pan out, and I'll get to run into one of the nice bucks he's getting pictures of. That'd be cool. There's there's awesome buck uh, out there in northeastern Ohio. That's where my wife is from. Okay. She's from uh, just, just outside of Akron. Okay. And, uh, like, I remember the first time that I went back to meet her parents. It was actually uh, Christmas Day. Um, what was that, 2002? Or uh, 12, 2002. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, we've known each other for a long time. No, uh, but, yeah, we got up there. She's not from a hunting family at all. And uh, I got there, and, you know, we're getting out of the car, and I look in her backyard, and there's, like, a nine-point walking through her backyard. I'm like, holy shit. Like, you got to be kidding me right now. 
and no one hunts. You're making play doh snakes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of hunters in that area. I, like there are guys, you'll see like, you know, 3D targets up in the backyard, you know, the old does where the heads have fallen off of and <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've used they've used the foam to fill up the rest of the target. Um <laughs> but it's there's not a lot of hunters out there and there's a lot of farmland out there. So, yeah, there's there's good deer up north uh northeastern Ohio. I'm surprised. You, do you have a spot out there that you bounce back to, or? Um, no. There's a. I've I've got permission to hunt a uh, a farm in uh, just south of Columbus um, that I've been keeping my eye on, and uh, I want to get. I don't have a cell cam. Um, I'm kind of late to the game on that, but I want to get a couple cell cams, throw them down there, and then uh, kind of wait for that magic time, second week of November, and see yeah. what's cruising around. How far of a drive but, would it is it for you? It's about a four and a half hour drive. That's not terrible. No, it's not, not, not too bad, bad at all. One of my no, best no. friends lives in Columbus, Ohio. Um, he's a big barber there, and he's been oh, wanting okay. to get into hunting. And I think he has a small spot he could go, but he don't know even know where to start. And he, he told me he's like, I don't want to half ass it. Like if I'm going to do it, I want to try it like full blown commit to it and all that. So yeah. he's on. Yeah, the, really it's good in. to be like that though. Yeah, he's on the edge. You know, I can tell it's like. I think the 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 hesitation is going in that hard or not going in that hard. You know, I think his own mind is kind of holding him back from committing. You know, but you just mentioned Columbus, so I told him I was like, "Dude, there's some big deer. There's some good Columbus good spots was pretty fun. Columbus is a good city. Oh, yeah. I like Columbus. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a good area. It's a really solid area. Uh, if you ever look at uh, buck reports from Ohio, um. That uh, that eastern, like central eastern portion of Ohio, that's a that's a banging area. Seems um, like every podcast we get on, we get on Ohio somehow. <laughs> I know. I mean, and this one wasn't on purpose because we get all the big bucks. Supposed to be talking about Pennsylvania here, but how about Ohio? Ohio's looking pretty. I'm close to it. It's fine. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, that was on accident, Ohio. My bad. My bad. We'll stop razzing you so much. <laughs> right, but I just think you know the whole PA culture is is, is interesting. Um, do have you ever thought about going anywhere else, east or? Anywhere, another state. I, I don't know. I guess it's kind of the same caliber of whitetail or worse. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, my uh, my in laws own property north of the Adirondack State Park. Um, we've got a pretty good chunk of property up there with a house on it, and uh, it was the first year I went up there was 2013, I think it was summer of 2013, and uh. We're walking around and there's these old tree stands and I'm talking like the, uh, pallets that are like screwed into the trees and the trees have grown around it. Oh yeah. And, uh, oh, I mean, old school, old school tree stands. And, uh, I'm looking at them. I'm like, ah, you know, this this, seems like a pretty decent area. You could probably get a decent buck out of here. And, um, I'm walking around. Sure, sure. I stepped on a shed. It was the biggest shed I ever found. No kidding. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It uh, we're walking down along the edge of the marsh. It's kind of in the center part of the property, and um, yeah, I, I step down. And this thing pops up, and uh, I mean, G two on it was uh thirteen. It was just shy of thirteen inches. Wow, no kidding. Wolf. Yeah, 
it's it's not a, not a bad shed at all. It's like holy shit. Well, there's something about those like old wooden stands that makes you wonder. Like those guys, they're not there for no reason. You know right. the effort it takes to put those in. You got to pay attention to those spots. You pick up a new property oh. and you start seeing all those old stands. You're like, all right, there's a reason this stand is here. That right. historically deer have been in this yeah. area. Yeah, because I mean, imagine taking the time. I mean, how many of those are you going to put in? I don't know. Like, if you were a hardcore guy, how many like stands? A are you north make? wind and a south wind, like two. Maybe. Yeah, two, and then maybe three if you're feeling froggy. Yep. But geez, man, it is, man. stories they could tell. I always wonder that. You like, figured. You figure those stands though. They're they're not even there for. I doubt those guys archery hunted. Honestly, they they probably shotgun hunted. You know, they were using slug guns up there. Yeah. And uh, I mean. It, they weren't archery hunting up Smoking there, cigarettes. but every one of those stands, I, I think I've found four of them now, and they're all on these little rises up there, and every time you come up to a rise, if you walk the edges of it, it's all a young growth forest, but there's rubs, and there's bedding area all over the place, and they, I mean, can't throw stones. Those guys knew what the fuck they were doing. Right, yeah, no, I mean, that shows it right there. That's something I feel like I overlooked growing up, like you just kind of I don't know. It's I know a lot of gun hunters where I'm like, yeah, if they're all making the moves that these guys did, then those things aren't worth a shit to pay any attention to. But I also think it was a lot different then. You know, there wasn't trail cameras because mm-hmm. I think trail cam- cameras help just as much. They hurt you just as much as they help you because it Absolutely. it automatically gives you a false sense of what is there and what's not there when that's not always true. To where you know it doesn't make sense. Kind of the point I'm getting at here is like. If they put all the effort in without a trail camera, then obviously they were physically seeing deer. They're less likely to do a guess and check on like a hanging hunt then because if I hung a camera, I, I've had them help me, but I've also had me go astray. Yeah. Like maybe go, I hang a camera deeper when I shouldn't have started so deep and worked my way out in, but then that camera, I'm getting pictures of them in deep, but then I go in deep and I fuck up because I'm spooking them on the entry and exit or whatever. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's, I guess it's, you know, this, some of this technology and tools we have, it's knowing when to like throttle on, throttle off on some of this stuff in, in the right way. Yeah. It's hard to go about it. Yeah. Really mess with your head. Yeah. I mean, Tim, do you feel that way? Do you feel like you've killed a lot of deer from trail cameras or do you feel like you kind of get in your own head with them? Um, no, I get, I definitely get in my own head and I like to think that, uh, I mean, I, I'm sure there's a lot of guys out there that feel the same way, but I like to feel like I'm trying to overthink it. And, uh, every time I overthink it, I end up growing in and just screwing shit up. And I mean, honestly, I'm only 15 minutes away from my furthest hunting spot. So, I mean, checking trail camera cards, you know, and you know, the summer, oh man, that's the best. That's almost better than archery season. I love going and checking those damn things. I know going way too much. I didn't. Uh, I think I hung one camera this year, and um, I screwed it up a little bit, and so I pulled it out. And I didn't hang another trail camera this year. I just stuck to historically there's good deer in this area, and I just worked with that information just because I've screwed myself so many times now. Yeah, that's not a bad move, man. That's not a bad move. I think it helps you more, but we talk about this often. It's like, you feel like you're being super productive by doing the work and out there doing this and taking selfies and posting forums. Like you're the man, you know, (laughs) not that you're doing that, but I'm just talking. No, 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 no. (laughs) I I understand. No, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Um, 
you know, you guys get in there and you start, you know, hanging, you know, cameras here, hanging cameras there. Meanwhile, you know, you're the buck you're actually wanting to kill is watching you walk into the the woods from the hayfield you have to walk from, right. and you're just screwing yourself the entire time. Yeah, watching you, know, you I, check your I, Instagram, looking I've, down while you're stepping over sticks. Yourself, yeah, watch. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, less I've, is more. Yeah, <laughs> I've 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 come at this uh this entire season from really the approach of just um be mindful of the wind, get in there, don't be stupid about it. But then for that first sit, um, just get up high in your hanging set, you know, and uh, just observe, mm-hmm. make an armed observation, and uh, you know. Your your trail camera is only going to tell you 180 degrees of you know what's actually going on, and uh, you know if you get up in a stand, you can actually see what's going on in the woods, and uh, so that's really the approach I've taken this year. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't know it from the buck tag still in my pocket, but uh, <laughs> it has helped. <laughs> hey, I'm the same boat. So. Well, I mean nothing's guaranteed, but I, I think that approach is super smart, man. I think going in that way. Um, you're a lot better off and you know, it's, it's hunting. It's not always meant to just work out real quick, but, um, but I mean, you killed, you killed a good buck last year and yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a tough one. It's not that you're, you're not a stranger to big bucks, especially for your area. So I had to give you some credit there, man. I, um, that buck last year, that guy was a real pain in the dick. He, um, (laughs) He, he was bedded down in a saddle in the middle of a cut cornfield. And uh, the saddle had a, uh, there were power lines going through it. And the base of the power lines was like a 20 by 20 section of uh, sumac. And um, I, I, I overlooked it 100%. Um, I never thought that the deer would actually be bedded in there because I've got, you know, a big old chunk of woods about 200 yards away with really thick, really really thick red brush um going down to a uh a stream that comes up into hardwoods with oaks and i so i hunted the the woods for the longest time and uh i was not getting anything like i I wasn't seeing anything i i shot a doe on my first sit and i was happy with that um but i wasn't seeing any nice bucks little six points and you know little dinks running around but nothing worth killing mm-hmm. i'm think i'm just thinking to myself you, you gotta be kidding me right now like what? i had good bucks on my trail camera all summer long i have no idea where they're at now and um sure enough rifle season rolls around and um all of a sudden i uh i can finally see prints because generally around rifle season is when we'll get the first couple snowfalls and um i looked in this hayfield and all the tracks are going to and from this little patch of sumac and uh, so I really wanted to kill deer with my bow. And so I took my bow and uh, sat on the edge of the woods where uh, they were leaving that sumac to come into the woods and uh, exit the woods. But um, they were doing all that in the middle of the night. They were in that sumac. Um, as soon as hunters were getting into the woods in the morning, uh, like 4.30 in the morning, they were in that sumac. Um, and then they weren't coming out until it was dark. Damn, it was um, just like so, the Grateful Dead chill pad in there. They're just, yeah. oh, <laughs> just chilling, was, hitting the devil's lettuce all day, just waiting for all the <laughs> drunk gun hunters to get out of out of the woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I couldn't believe it, and so hey, I am um, getting hungry. Not yet, nah, dude. Just wait till just dark. Chill. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> 
I ended up uh I ended up taking my my thirty out six and uh I figured out that I could get up on top of the one hill in the in the hayfield next to it and uh it would put me about just shy of three hundred yards away from that sumac patch. And so I, I sat there with binoculars and sure enough at last light they started pouring out and um this nine nine point stands up and he starts dogging after this doe and so I sat there and uh I thought he was gonna breed her and then she kinda scooted out and he was kinda left all blue balled and so I uh <laughs> Oops. I settled one into him. Yeah. And uh let one fly and um actually I ended up calling you that night because yeah, uh, he yep. acted all he he acted all screwed when I hit him. But yeah, that was uh I, I ended up letting him go overnight and recovering him the following morning. Um, just cause I didn't like the blood that I had. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my, uh, my bullet, uh, I shoot, a it's a Remington 700, my rifle. And, uh, it, it shoots that core lock ammo, the, like the cheapest ammo you can get. It shoots that incredibly well. So mm-hmm. screw it. Why not? And, yeah. uh, here what happened was the jacket separated from the lead core and the lead core continued through, through both lungs and the jacket swung back and it went back and hit his liver. And, uh, mm. so he acted like he was gut shot cause he was. And, um, when I went up to check out the blood, it was just like, you know, it was really light. There was bits of corn in it. I was like, "Oh shit!" I got like a shot little him. of everything in there. Yeah, that would be confusing. Oh. oh, it was it was awful. And like, I got up there and I found a little pile of blood. And, I mean, you could smell it uh, just from standing there. I'm like, "God, fuck!" I I got shot this thing. So I backed down and I came out the next morning. And uh, my wife came with me. She was uh, five months pregnant at the time. And uh, that's a trooper. The, <laughs> yeah, she is. She's awesome. And, uh, yeah, we ended up walking that thing in. He only went, uh, about 150 yards and bedded up just inside the woods. And Smart I think move, he was man. probably dead by the time I got back to my truck that night. I'd say you're probably right, but man, it's better to, better to back out. Yeah, and... when you see guts, it's, you know, you never That's know. A big, oh, yeah. big red flag. You did the right thing. Yeah. I don't yeah. think anybody else listening would have done it different, man. You gotta, those suck, man. Those calls like that, but. It's better to wait. Like longer, it doesn't hurt. Coyotes, you know, that puts some pressure on you. Bad weather, like more snow or crazy rain yeah. or something like that, puts pressure on you. But all in all, if, if weather permitting, it's better to wait. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it wasn't snowing bad that night. It was windy, but it was like twenty degrees. So I knew, you know, nothing too bad was going to happen. We don't have a ton of coyotes in that area, um, so I wasn't terribly worried about coming back to a pile of bones or anything, but, right. um, no, he wasn't touched. I, he was bedded up next to a log. looked like he just fell asleep. So, That's awesome, man. It's a good buck. Do, do you do a lot of shoulder mounts or Euro mounts or like, what's your preference? Uh, Euro mounts. I love the Euro mount. Really? Is in PA and I know this goes per individual, but I feel like all my friends here have a lot of shoulder mounts. Do a lot of guys dive into the shoulder mount thing there or because the quality oh, yeah. of deer is different? Is it a skull thing primarily? No, no. I think I'm the odd man out. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, loads of my buddies have shoulder mounts. Um, shoulder mounts are huge, huge, huge. No, I, I don't know if I've ever actually seen a full body mount in Pennsylvania. I know they're here, but I I don't know of anyone that has a full body mount. Hmm. But uh, 
Are the Tons deer, of shoulder mounts, though. Are the deer's bodies there generally, generally pretty big? I mean, I know you guys have some ag areas and stuff like that, but, I mean, if you had to throw an average weight out on a buck, what would you throw out at it? Uh, That's tough to so do, that, actually. I don't even know no, what it would be here. No, you're good. That, uh, that nine-point that I killed uh, last year, he was uh, 190 pounds field-dressed. That's a good size deer, definitely. So yeah, yeah, I was uh, I was pretty happy with him. He was a you know he was a bit of a bear to drag out, especially when they're stiff as board. Right, right. But, uh, <laughs> what do you think, guys? The uh, average like Illinois Iowa buck is like dressed mature buck. What do smaller smaller buck, hundred and seventy pounds dressed probably. Yeah, yeah. One of my bigger bucks I remember dressed. He was two fifteen. That was like Oof. he had a broken. I think his rear leg has, was broken and healed at the knee. It was like a softball, but it was like a rock solid. And then I think he was like ran thin because he was dogging a doe pretty hard. But yeah, he dressed at two fifteen. Mm-hmm. That's my, huge. My brother's uh, one hundred eighty incher dressed at two thirty. No shit. Yeah, I believe that. I wish we oh would have. I wish we would have weighed the gyre buck back in the day. Oh yeah, I'll have to pull up some body pictures of that yeah. thing. It is unreal, dude. Yep. Like I bet you that thing dressed. I don't know. Live weight, we were guessing well in the three hundred. Oh, I, no, for yeah, real? Yeah, I, I would, I would put money Oof. on it. We have so my dad shot that deer, and then the following day, I got to think. I think my dad shot that deer like a a day or two before Illinois first firearm season. Chandler's got the Geyerbuck shirt on. Um, by the way, the Geyerbuck body, the Geyerbuck shirt, the body is way small, but it looks good. Um, <laughs> So my dad shot that deer and then his buddy shot a smaller deer and you could almost like put the smaller deer inside the body cavity of the other one. Like it, it was a holy buck. crap. Uh-huh, it was a buck. Oh, really? It's like unreal. Damn. The the chest on the guy buck is like insane. I'm bad about that. A lot of guys ask, Well what your what your deer weigh? I don't think I've ever put a scale on one of my bucks. Yeah, I only have just that big one. I wish that I would have just to keep track because in my head I know which ones are bigger than the other ones, but I have no idea what they weighed. It's cool to know, but like in the middle of like getting them taken care of and all the chaos, yeah. it's, yep. it's just that extra thing that takes a little more time. If I had a scale in my garage, I'd probably do it. I've just never bought I just one. I need to do that. Bought one for like thirty bucks on Amazon. It's a yep. digital one. I'm gonna it's get that nice. old Harbor Freight winch, plug it in the top of the garage, and just winch it up. Call it real day. quick. There you yep, go. I think, but. Well, the, the only the only reason I know how much any of my bucks weigh is uh, deer processing is huge around here. I mean, there's shit. I don't know, probably fifteen different processors within twenty minutes of my house. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I mean, so I mean, you're gonna pay by weight. So right, they okay. want they want to know how much money they're getting. So don't, that's the only reason you get to know how much. Don't quote weights. me on this, but the 10-year-old doe I shot, I could pull it up on my Facebook, but I don't want to bog my country internet down. Um, I have it in the description of the, the 10-year-old doe I shot. I had it way dressed, and I want to say dressed, she was 174. It's a big old doe. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It's a doe. It might, yeah, I th- the I old think, nanny. I want to say 184, but I think 174 is more correct. Um, That's bigger than yeah. the hopper dropper, I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. My mom's was 220. That is big. Dressed? Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's just, I mean, I would imagine PA bucks get that big too. I mean, some of the big northern yeah, Canadian yeah. bucks get huge. Oh man. yeah, they're tanks. Oh man, I remember that, seeing an article. That's what uh, your dad must have came from Canada. Ran down. <laughs> that's what Dan Smoltz was saying on his podcast when he was out there with you guys. He said that the bodies of the deer out there are just enormous. 
Right. Yeah. And I can see that. You know, it gets cold out there, too. It's like they need that body weight and yep. the, the bulk to, to keep warm. But what were you going to say, Chandler? I was just going to say, I remember an article I read a long time ago, and it's the heaviest deer that I ever remember seeing in a magazine or anything, but it was 330 pounds dressed. That's, oh, really? That's, that's the biggest deer that I can remember. And I'm, and this has been a long time ago when I saw that, so I'm sure there's been a lot bigger deer since then. But There was one, and we're doing this whole, I saw one of these, but I don't remember <laughs> the details, but um, it, we're just bullshitting, right? Um, I saw, I want to say it was a VHS tape. It might have been... I don't think it was Jim Shockey. It might have been a Monster Bucks. It was one of them old VHS tapes, um, but it was like a female hunter shot one in Saskatchewan that I think live weight was in the 500s. Holy God. No uh, way. Yeah, just a hay-fed type, you know, buck. But um, but do you guys remember? I just wanted, I just thought of this, and I'm just bringing it up like on the fly. Do you remember the old Realtree VHS, the home videos? The Realtree Home Videos series they did. I don't remember that. Oh, come on. Mm-hmm. I can't be the only motherfucker in here that remembers I don't remember that either. I'm, I'm from the old school, but I don't so remember that. It was nope. like, um, oh, I got to pull them out now. I I'm, I'm I got to get a VHS player for the garage and get all that set up, But and we'll watch them. But it was like, if you film something cool, you send it into Realtree, and then like Bill Jordan did a, a compilation like commentary over it, kind of like oh. Ridiculousness. Um, and then merge it all together. So it was like this what? cool. I never heard of this. Yeah, um, I'll have to show you. I got. I have them all. Damn. Um, it was like a like they'd have like bucks fighting and a hunter filmed, and like one buck would kill the other one, and like just unique stuff. And then they submitted it in or albino deer or what whatever. It's just crazy shit. That I'll is to, crazy. I'll have to pull it up after this podcast. We should do something like that. But it's that's cool. It was yeah. It was I loved them when I was a kid. I like watch those over and over and over again. When I was yeah, a kid, I'd watch that now. Stuff. Shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be fun to watch now. It might be kind of lame now because, you know, the internet, you get to see everything and become yeah, like, like numb to shit. But. I just love watching those old hunting shows because you get to see the gear that they're using. You're like, man, I remember when I was running that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Back. It's all mid-school. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like BMX era is mid-school. That's all mid-school hunting gear now. <laughs> what what uh, videos and stuff did you grow up on? Um, I, I really didn't watch too much hunting. Honestly, really? that's what kept uh, me hungry. I felt like, yeah, it was a uh, oh, fuck. What channel was it? I want to say it was called Versus, the Versus channel. Oh and, yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, it was like out of Pittsburgh, um, and we got over some satellite radio or satellite radio, satellite TV, and um, I mean, we would watch pheasant hunting and stuff. I mean, I just watched whatever my dad wanted to watch, and it was always like pheasant hunting, duck hunting grouse hunting it's kind of pretty lame honestly <laughs> yeah doing it's fun but watching watching it sucks yeah, yeah. I, I will say since we're bullshitting about it when eric and i hunted indiana a couple weekends ago uh we didn't hunt mornings because we're hunting just like food sources so we didn't want to fuck it up before we got going um so we kind of just like relaxed and had like our own little vacation and we'd watch Outdoor Channel like all day and i hadn't just watched like Outdoor Channel for a long time it was kind of nice because i felt like i'm kind of like I'm working a little bit because I'm kind of like doing media scouting and like seeing what people are doing and how they're doing it. You're just watching the buzz buses the whole time. Yeah, I'm just like look for likes. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Viral Outdoors. You watch that other show they have? Uh Oh man, for love for likes is a great production compared to that. (laughs) Oh Um, damn! (laughs) But I I, I enjoyed it, man. It kind of brought me back a little bit to when I was a kid and would just watch like whatever was on. That's what I like about watching it because. 
it's stuff I would normally click would not click on and sit there and watch it for thirty minutes. But because it was on and we were chilling there, I was just watching these shows in like their entirety. And I'd say a lot of them are more. There's it's sixty forty. They're more enjoyable than I give them credit for. But and then the forty percent of it's like these are just as cringy as I thought they were at the yeah. same time. Yeah. But yeah. Um. But I also enjoyed a little bit. You know. I don't know. They had this show. It was a commercial I saw. You pay fifty bucks a month, and you can com- submit your hunting videos, and then they'll air them as a show on Outdoor Channel. <laughs> and it's like, don't worry, no commitment to sponsors. Use whatever you want, but pay us fifty yeah, bucks a month. Fifty bucks a month. <laughs> yeah, so they buy their slot, and I guess air your videos. Like what a five minute slot, ten minute slot. I don't know, but it's genius. That's yeah, a really good idea. Hungry to get out there, so it's genius for people collecting all the money. Yeah. I'd probably look forward to that segment more than anything else that they air on there, honestly. Probably. Yeah. I mean, they got some good shows still, but yep. there's some that I'm like, hmm, no shit. Is this on here? Does it say uh, <laughs> I'll be they dead. might air it? I'll probably go to hell. No, I don't know. I didn't, Cause like, I I didn't mean, call I can, the number. I can dude. imagine some videos coming in that like, we cannot air this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the guy that's on the Quad City Deer Forum had yeah, slitting throats them. and blowing <laughs> yeah. heads off. Yeah, yeah, none of that, but. Sorry, Tim, to get off on that tangent. Just kind of, it's no, I love it. <laughs> it's it's part of the gig, I guess. At this point, um, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's I, I dig it. It's, so uh, go ahead. I, I got a question. Yeah, if you got if you guys could hunt whitetail in any state, any state, um, what state would you want to hunt them out of? I I'm really interested in. Michigan Upper Peninsula Whitetail. Hey, are you? Um, why? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Why? I, <laughs> no, Nate, it's just uh, Upper Peninsula. I mean, I, I've never been there, so maybe it sucks, and maybe I'm just like, yeah, you know what? I, I maybe I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm leaning that way, but, Tim. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, I, I really want like. A northern northern buck, or, or I don't know. Go to Saskatchewan, like, uh, bro, for that. Yeah, but no, no, but like United States. Oh, um, yeah. oh, I hear come you. on. I, I mean, I, I would go to Saskatchewan if I had the choice. Okay, you know where I'd go? <laughs> Illinois. I just, dude, we live in Iowa, Illinois, man. It's <laughs> yeah. a, <laughs> that's a tough question. Right, I've got a bunch. You- you over Illinois? I, well, we live in a great spot, and I'm really anxious to draw the Iowa tag. Like I, I feel right. like there's a really a good potential to shoot a booner there if of I'm course. patient enough. But, but I feel like we're kind of one with yeah, Iowa, you know. I, I think like country wise, and there are some good deer out in the Milk River. I'd like mm. to go out in that area just to experience that that sheer number of animal. Yeah, and then I bear hunted up in uh, up in Saskatchewan, where a lot of big deer come out of. So that mm-hmm. would be a fun hunt. And then I'd like to go down and get a big Mexico deer, too. Mexico that, would be cool. That I, is something I'm interested in. If I had to change my answer, I would say like a like a western um, like river bottom whitetail. Like I think South Dakota would be cool. Mm-hmm. The Dakotas um, or Texas. South Texas yep. somewhere would be really awesome. Texas or Mexico, one of those mm-hmm. big like – spindly big frame deer yeah ever since we did the phil murray podcast i've kind of had like this uh texas kick i had this like 
thorn that keeps poking me that's like Texas. 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 Oh, I get it. Can I get it. Can we eat some barbecue, so. too? Yeah. I mean, it's got all things that are good down Crank there. Crank up some ZZ oh, Top. It's, it's, it sounds like you can just go up into a sand and just shoot at anything that walks past you. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like fair I, game out there. Yeah. I, I mean, I, <laughs> that sounds all right to me. Yeah, yeah. So, ignore Michigan. We're, we're second and third place for you for Whitetail States. All right. It, it would be Iowa. It would be Iowa. Iowa. Yeah, my absolutely. Guy. I mean, my my Fuck first me, place, right? first place would be Iowa. Ha, come um, on over. I just, I just don't have, to, I just don't have to drive quite as far as so I go to Michigan. We well, got a place uh, to stay in Iowa. But um, I gotta tell you, uh, oh, no, my sorry. wife and I we did a honeymoon. <laughs> He's like, yeah, cool, um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I ain't gay, matter. so hard pass. <laughs> it's gonna be a no for me, um, dog. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't hear you. Oh, <laughs> well, it played off like you did, and it was beautiful. <laughs> I was like, well, you got a place um, to stay, and you're just like, yeah, but Michigan. <laughs> um, I'd say it Um But my wife and I, we did our honeymoon up in Maine. I saw some freaking giants. No like kidding. Big, big old bucks up in Maine. Okay, let me ask and, you this. I'm sorry yeah. I'm, I'm cutting you off. I didn't mean to, but... Now that I'm already in, I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> no, you're good. We're t- let's talk dream hunt. Like You're going on your dream hunt anywhere in the world. What's number one, and then what's number two, and why? Woof. Um, fuck. I wish you would have texted me about this Put, earlier. Put him on the spot. Um, well, that's part of the fun of it, you know? No, no, yeah. Uh, I guess I would do uh, Yukon Moose. Solid. Number one. Um, Very solid. And then I think number two would be Alaskan doll sheep. Oh, Ooh. interesting. Nice. Solid choices, yeah. man. Damn. Two adventure hunts. I, yeah. I don't know if I could physically do. Yeah, you better do them when <laughs> the you're Alaskan young. Alaskan doll sheep. Do them when you're young. But, Very cool. Now that's yeah. those are adventures, man. That's I was. Uh, I think moose is up there for a lot of people. It's up there for me. Chandler, you're making that dream a reality. Yep, I'm actually taking the plunge in that one uh, this fall. Yeah. Uh, myself, Ross, and our buddy Cody, we're all hopping on the float plane and flying into the bush for 10 days with the bows. So. I'm so That's jealous. nuts. Yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> when do you guys leave for that hunt? It'll be right when the rut is peaking. So middle of September is when we're going to start hunting. Oh, so ass. I think like the 15th through the 25th, somewhere in there. Nice. Yep. That's going to be so fucking awesome, man. Yeah. Dude. What the... Suit you yes. guys up with the GoPros when you do that hunt. I'm still, I'm, it's still kind of a dream. I can't believe we're actually doing it. Yeah, like you think about it all the time, but my, now it's like. My buddy just called me yesterday. We're talking about water purification systems, and, and we have to bring a stove in with us because there's not a big stove in our wall tent uh, set up that they're mm-hmm. going to already have there. So we're already starting to like go through gear list and, and assembling camo. It's like, man, we're actually doing this. It's yeah. insane. Do you just bring a jet boil? Uh, I, I'm not sure what we're going to do, but it's... I got a jet boil and all that shit you can yeah. use. We're thinking like a nice little fire, like a place to actually dry clothes out on if we get oh, if we get wet. Like you a know. stove stove. Yeah. yeah. You can get little portable ones to pack in. Talk with to you. Scott Bakken because he did the same hunt. Yep. And he has a stove that he towed around with him. Or, okay. I mean, I'm sure Clint's got some sort of recommendation. Yep. We've got three buddies that went up to this exact place where we hunted. And it's really nice having friends that have already been up there so they can kind of tell us what we do and don't need. But, yeah, I'm, right. gonna, I'm definitely going to hit Clint up. Up and I, I never even thought about Scott. We'll have to do a pre-trip. Yeah, Scott just got off that hunt. You know, Tim, I'm just taking over your podcast now. By the no, way. you're you're perfectly fine. I was going to say Scott, Scott will be here since he's talking on that. Yeah. That'll work out perfect. But we'll have to do a pre 
during and post podcast with you guys and all For that sure, stuff. Man. But. Looking forward to it. But yeah, that's that's my dream hunt, Tim. That's that's number one for me, and then I think a red stag's probably number two. Ooh, are you, actually, are you talking now? Are you for red stag? Are you talking like Argentinian? Well, or Argent- New Zealand. Yeah, Argentina is definitely closer. It's not a thirty-hour flight like going over to New Zealand, and they yeah. have some big they have some big animals down there too. So I don't know. I guess money wise and time wise, I'm I would consider going south versus flying all the way out to new zealand yeah but for no. like my number one dream hunt would be new zealand red stag yep. with a bow yeah. i think either would be cool i get it but i've been to like i've been south south brazil like right on the argentina border and by the time you get there man it's an adventure mm-hmm. look i don't think you'd you yeah it's like crazy beautiful in new zealand whatever never been there my wife has been there and her stags bugling and all that mm-hmm. but um, she's like, I think there's a Sasquatch out here. I'm like, it's probably a red stag. But, Dude, uh, 30 hours on a plane. Can you imagine? Or I think my flight to flight and drive was like 20-something, I guess, to where I ended up going. Jeez. So, I mean, I guess Wolf. at that point, I might as well go to New Zealand. But, man. God, New Zealand would be so cool. Oh, yeah. Maybe we should do, New a, Zealand do a team awesome. trip. We're, uh, we Let's had, remember that the booth right next to us at the Deer Classic mm-hmm. from New Zealand? Yeah. I forgot how much it was. It wasn't that bad. It's not I, as much as you'd think. It wasn't as like much as you'd think. T- but. 10 to 12 grand to get you on a nice hunt, I think. Well, here, here's this. And, and Tim, I don't a know nice where one, you think about this stuff or monster. how much you've looked yeah. at like guided hunts. But, you know, you think an elk hunt. You pay for a guided archery elk hunt. You're talking, and I'm going to cover all the ranges I've seen, 5 to 10 grand. Yeah. Depending on where you go, what state, the quality, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yep. So yeah. I've seen stag hunts go 10 to 15 grand. Yep. So the you know, I think five grand for an elk hunt, I would do that. I would for for a nice three hundred plus type bull. Yeah. That's that's a good seven yeah. grand. Yeah. I would probably still do that. Yep. I pay a lot for leases just to have a spot to go to consistently every year. I think seven that's grand. A, that's a very good point. Yeah. I would do it. So to go on a once in a lifetime adventure that you'll never forget and you'll look at and you just it's amazing. It's better than buying a truck. Yep, you know, at fifteen yeah. grand, that's what's crazy. It's not about, that bad. That's what's crazy about those moose hunts. They are so expensive if you have a guide. Like if you go on a good moose hunt, fully guided, everything, it's like you're looking at like twenty G's. Yeah. So we or shockies oh like thirty gosh. something. We we just couldn't afford it, so we opted for an Alaskan. It's like a drop style camp. So it's a, they put you in an area where there's going to be bulls. Like we've had buddies up there said it is bull rich. But you're doing it yourself, so that's half the money. You know, we're gonna have like eight, eight or nine in that, so that's more a little more manageable for us. Yeah. Well, yeah, let me ask Austin. you guys this. Oh, go ahead, Tim. Austin, did you look at going to Newfoundland Law? No, I didn't. We we kind of no. just we thought, man, you know, we're looking for like a, a upper forties or better type bull, and we just knew that our best odds were probably going to be in Alaska, so we didn't really consider any place else. Fair enough. Okay. I also cool. would go for a caribou too. I, really I want to do that caribou. so bad. I want to do a caribou yeah. hunt so bad for some reason. That's what that's what I brought up Newfoundland. My buddy's dad just did that. He shot a whomper. Oh my god! No kidding. Yeah. So <laughs> it was rifled, but oh my gosh! Was it like that, um the one like where they're in huge herds, or was it like a little more like separate the migration? Yeah, yeah. Because the um, migration would be insane. Yeah, migration would be insane. And I, I'm not really sure. I didn't get to talk to. God, a we call him. We call him Doc. But yeah, Care he moves, shot a elk moves, fucking red swab. Tag. Well, what's you know? We talked dream hunts, Tim. I mean, what's in your realm of the next 
I, I, I don't want to say it's not a dream or something that you have on your bucket list. But like I have like a bucket list, like black bears on my bucket list, antelopes yes. on my bucket list. What's next on your bucket list, or what have you already checked off your bucket list? Um, I, th- I think black bear would be a uh, next one up. And those are right in your and, wheelhouse, right there where you live, right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, not so much in my immediate township. Um, there are black bear in my township uh, where I live in my little county. Um, but in October, um, my buddies and I, we went down to the mountains of PA and we did a, a black bear slash deer hunt down there. Um, it was during the, there was an overlap with muzzleloader season where if you have a muzzleloader, you can shoot a doe, um, and you can also shoot a black bear. And, uh, some of those guys took down muzzleloaders. I was the only one with the bow. Because then that opens me up to shooting a buck, a doe, or a black bear. Mm, that's um, awesome. Yeah, and so I, uh, I thought, you know, I as well just take the bow. Uh, they were going to go do a, um, they were not not a drive, but they were going to go post up on the mountain behind camp. And so I decided to kind of, you know, head off on my own down uh, south of camp onto another mountain, and uh, no one saw a bear. Um, uh, but that was my first time uh, ever getting the chance to actually put a stock on a whitetail, which was a blast. It was a super, super good time. That was a lot of fun. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I was I was meeting up with Chris. I was talking to him over the walkie-talkie. I was like, hey, where are you guys at? He goes, well, I think we're going to go back to camp and, you know, get lunch started. I was like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll meet you at the bridge. And there's this old logging bridge um, way, way back in the uh, – it's called the Allegheny National Forest. And uh, so we uh, ended up hiking back towards there. And as I'm walking back towards him, um, I just had to sit down and catch my breath. I'd been walking for a good hour and a half and uh, on really tough terrain. And uh, so I just sat down. I was drinking some water and decided to take out my uh, binoculars. And I started looking around. And lo and behold, there's a big doe in town, like 200 yards, 250 yards away from me. And, uh, I had a really good crosswind. Um, the only issue was it was so dry, uh, for about the week leading up to that. And there were so many leaves down. Uh, it was just, it was incredibly loud. Um, so. Yeah. And whitetails don't let you get away with a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> if you can oh stock gosh, up on yeah. one of them, you can do anything. Yeah. 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 And, uh, so I ended up uh, getting down close enough to this uh, little stream that she was by, and I just kind of slunked down, like kind of slid down the bank into the water and um, filled my boots up pretty quick with water. But uh, it was the easiest way for me to close the distance on her. And um, I got within, I think, about 35 yards of her and uh, knocked an arrow, and I checked the tree that she was uh, she was actually bedded behind a log that was laying down. And I knew the tree that was right next to that log. So I kept on range finding that tree and uh, it was at 35 yards. So I knocked an arrow, got my release on and uh, came back to full drawn. I had about four trees in between us, kind of in a line. And uh, our wind was going left to right. She couldn't smell me. Um, but by that time, she knew something was up. Uh, she could definitely hear, you know, hear me walking up. And uh, I took a step out, and I hadn't seen her for the majority of that time walking up. Um, uh, just because I figure if I can, if she can't smell me and, and she can't see me, 
I've got a pretty good chance of her hearing me and not being too freaked out. Um, and so I, uh, came full draw and I stepped down here. She was already standing and, uh, she was quartering to her, uh, towards me pretty hard. And, uh, so I'm, I'm looking at her. I'm like, I don't know if I should take that shot or not. I'm kind of him and hawing about it. And, uh, she took one step and made herself a little bit more broadside. I took a shot and I just straight up missed. I shot right in front of her. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was, uh, I was pretty shook up at the time, but she, uh, she wasn't freaked out. I, Looking back, I wish I would have knocked an arrow because really she ran about 10 yards and then turned broadside and just looked at me. I'm like, yeah, I, I could have just stuck her right there. Just had no and, idea uh, what was going on, really. No, she had no clue. She uh, she heard a noise and then she heard a noise behind her and she was like, fuck this, I'm out of here. I've and, never uh, had an, a, a stockable opportunity. I, I Not that I can think of all the time. Well, I could have. Like I've seen some small books better than stuff like that. But like – and like one year after? No, never. Yeah, me neither. Have you, Austin? Nope. It's just yeah, different. It's a, I guess I'm just so – I see how sketchy they are. And like you say, the caliber of deer that we're after, it's kind of hard to see one, let alone find one bedded. Yeah. and I've shot does and stuff from the ground, but, yeah. like, it's – Oh, I've, I've killed bucks from the ground, but I've never been able to stock up on one. Right. Yeah, there's that one yeah. this year that I spooked up on my truck, but I didn't know he was there. If he knew he was there, I probably could have killed him. My dad snuck up on one this year, and he shoulder hit him. Yep. That's crazy. Like, remember, well, I mean, now a few weeks ago now. I mean, probably longer than that, probably. When we had, like, crazy, like, it was like, I, it felt like 80-mile-an-hour line winds when my dad did it. But he was checking ditches and sneaking around when it was windy. And Yeah, I think we had, it was raining and windy and just an ideal kind of just to walk around and see what you can see type of day. Yeah. And he did it. He walked up on a good one. Yeah, he got within 20 yards and. Shoulder head. We, I I think the deer lived. It's just typical shoulder style. Like ran yep. out of blood. Good blood for 80, 90 yards, and then dried up and yep. nothing. And it's a spot where if that deer would have died, we would have found him. Like it's was hard he to shooting split. a mechanical or a fix? I don't know. My dad typically. I don't know. Actually, I think mechanical, but he was shooting viper tricks for a while. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. I don't I don't recall. Um, I think mechanical. Don't hold me to that though. Sorry, Dad, if I'm wrong. Um, but no, man, that's cool. That's a cool story. That's fun, too, because you learn a lot sneaking up. But like, even if it's a doe, you can learn a lot, take a lot of notes down. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was a, she was, she was a big doe. I really wish I, I would have gotten an arrow winner. Um, speaking of stalking, uh, I know there's a, there's a few guys around here that, uh, that will walk into cornfields. You know, keep the wind in their favor, and they'll walk down the rows of corns and just kind of take – a peak down each row and um i've heard of guys doing it and uh you know you see a good doe or something like that and uh you kind of count how many rows she's down and move up on her and then you just come to full draw step out and shoot them in standing corn um and i've heard i've heard a few a few guys around here doing that but um I've never had balls to give it a go. That, that's not. I've never. I mean, I'm sure that happens a lot around here, but I don't really hear about that much. But that's a we're, good method. Yeah, we were talking about. Oh, it's, we we're talking I mean, about. You're, go you're ahead, not, Tim. You, I'm sorry. You're, you're probably not going to shoot any like you know stud buck out of it. But if you're just looking to shoot some does, man, that would be a that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun, man. Go ahead, Lord. 
Yeah, we're <laughs> the talk- Lord. <laughs> I, we were talking about watching old school videos, and I remember one that kind of pertains to this. Can I predict what you're going to say? Okay, because I think I know which one it is. Okay, but I don't want to ruin your story if I'm going to predict. Go ahead, it. predict. Candy Kiski. Nope. God, fuck. <laughs> it was the Fitzgeralds way back in the day. They had a. It was a whole video dedicated to stalking deer in the corn, and they killed like three or four bucks on this video. Not no giants that I remember, but yeah. they had it down to a science. Like they'd wait for the wind and the rain and they would walk through cornfields and they would shoot these bedded bucks out in the cornfields no kidding it's pretty crazy yeah wow that's, that's cool. interesting yeah Man, I, I remember just, candy kiski shooting a big buck in corn like that but i'm just thinking of the cornfield and like that's a lot of corn i just don't that's like to pressure time. my deer when i like to get ahead of them you know what i mean yep. like to me i feel the the odds of fucking shit up are way greater than being successful oh, yeah. but. i would say if you saw him go in there mm-hmm Maybe. Even then, if I saw my target buck going to a bunch of standing corn, I'd be like, all right, that's a spot. Like, he ain't going to bed somewhere dumb. Catch mm-hmm. him on the way out. Yeah, I'd have to slip I'll around sit all on day the on Yeah, I'd do a hang and bang on the other side where I thought he might be going or something like that. You know, like, that would be more my go-to move. Than that's to, impressive, though. Than to, yeah, they yeah. had it dialed in. I thought, it, and it was fun to watch. Like, they were just walking up on these bedded deer in the corn, and they, those deer had no idea. They'd shoot him right on the bed. They have. I bet you they have, like, a different level of, like, security because they're in the standing corn, you know? Yep. Now, I would only be impressed if they were wearing windbreakers in the corn. Hey, I, you know, back in the day, <laughs> could have been. <laughs> yeah. um, Tim, know. before, I don't want to forget, man, uh, we didn't do a veteran shout-out in the beginning. Oh, yeah. So if you got one, man, let us have it. All right, yeah. Um, my veteran shout-out is to Chris Krantz. Um He's a buddy of mine from work, but uh, and that's where we met was at work. But uh, he got into the Army in 06, and then uh, he did 10 years. So he was in from 06 to 16. Um, did a tour in Iraq. Uh, also, he's uh, ended his military career as a staff sergeant. Uh, he was the best man in my wedding. Uh, I was in his wedding party. He's got a beautiful little girl. And, uh, I mean, that man is a stud of a killer. I mean, he is dialed in. You want to talk to a real good PA bow hunter? Chris Krantz. He's your man. It's awesome. And, uh, so yeah, Chris, he's, he shot a really nice eight point in November. I think it was November 14th this year. Very cool. Well, well, thanks for your service, yeah, Chris. Appreciate service, it, buddy. Chris. Thank you, Chris. That's awesome, man. Thank you, buck. Cool. Yeah, I didn't want to forget to do that. Tim, anything you want to cover, man, before we close out of here? Um, Any shout-outs? Where can I, people I, find I, you? Uh, I'm, on, uh, I'm on Instagram. Uh, just uh, Tim Stancliffe <laughs> on Instagram. And then uh, I'm, I put stuff on Facebook every now and then. Uh, uh, Timothy Sancliffe on Facebook. I'm really creative when it comes to names and social media, <laughs> apparently. But, uh, right. yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Well, cool, man. I know. Are you going to come out to the shoot again this summer, June 12th? Yeah, I'm going I'm to try and make it happen. Uh, I've got a buddy in Ohio, Brian. He's uh, over in Cuyahoga. And uh, we're going to see if we can do a carpooling situation and make it out to the shoot. And, uh have a blast with you guys. Cool. Yeah, we're looking forward, man, to hanging out. And anybody listening, you're more than welcome to come to the shoot. Uh, June 12th, if you know where Galesburg, Illinois is, you can find the shoot. It's right there, um, just the first town north of Galesburg, pretty much. Um, and then we're having an after party at Jigs's Tavern in Alexis, Illinois. So that's the main draw right there. That's the main draw. So We're going big. And it's honestly the distance between the, the pub and the shoot is like maybe 10 minutes. 10 minutes tops. Right. 
So good small town, awesome bar, the kind we like. They serve cold beer, bush light, if you like that. Um, that's there and everything else that's good. Johnson, they Johnson got what you boys, want. Johnson boys will be bouncing the doorway. Yep. <laughs> keeping all the riffraff out. <laughs> yeah. So no funny business because we'll just shoot you here. They'll be the ones all trashed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're the ones all drunk and war cause. We got to kick them Just trying to, cu- trying to cause fights with people as they come in. They're like, aren't you the Johnsons? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Calling them Yeah, up. get in here. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Tim. We appreciate you, man. Thanks for being part of the team and all the support of the podcast. And it was finally good to get you on and do a little storytelling and a little bit of bullshitting on record for everybody to hear. So, Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Thanks uh, thanks for making this uh, community of hunters and uh, really across the nation possible. So, Yeah, man, it was an accident. <laughs> I don't want to do honestly, to a point, but uh, Chandler, Doug, anything? It's been a lot of fun, man. Glad you were on and looking forward to seeing you this summer. Absolutely. Good talking to you, Tim. And uh, you still got some season left? Yeah, I still got some season left. I uh, I got a uh, a ten point that I'm trying to get after. And uh, yeah, he uh, he was kind of late to the party. Showed up about two weeks ago. And um, so my next archery season starts December 26th when I can finally get out. All right, Doug. So. You know what that means? Where's this mustache prediction for a close out? He needs an official mustache prediction. When's your season end? January 18th. January 3rd. Ooh, I can do that. that. That's a quick one. Okay. Boom. You've been blessed. The luck of the podcast is with you. Um, (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, man. My my predictions have been shit. (laughs) (laughs) They've been tough this year. (laughs) Tough year for me, man. (laughs) All right, buddy. We appreciate you, man. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We appreciate the support, and good luck to you if you have a tag left. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.